What's up everybody? So today we're going to talk about a movie called Harriet. So obviously by the title you can tell that it's about a person called Harriet Tubman, who, if you've never heard of her, was a conductor for the Underground Railroad when, you know, and the Underground, the Underground Railroad brought, slave, brought enslaved people to freedom, to Philadelphia. So Harriet Tubman, or her original name, as we'll go by until she changed it, Araminta Ross. Um, so Araminta was born into slavery, um, and she escaped in 1849 and made her way to Philadelphia. And she had a, she did have a husband at the time who was free. I believe her husband was born free. Um, and when she was going to escape, going. Basically, when she was escaping, she had a husband. I can't remember the exact reason that motivated her to run away. I mean, obviously freedom, but I believe she was going to be sold. But I can't remember what for. I believe it was because her and her husband wanted to start a family, and they didn't want their child to be born into slavery, and so they hired a lawyer so they can, you know, become free, and they showed it to their owner, their master, and he tore it up and was like, you know, you're mine, you're not becoming free. But eventually she decided to escape, and, um, her, his name, and at least the movie, was Gideon. And it, it wasn't their master or anything, but I think it was before, yes, it was before she ran away and af it was before she ran away and after her master declined them freedom, she went to her tree where she prayed. I wasn't sure if, you know, someone died and, you know, she spoke to them, but she spoke to God um, and asked, and she said, you know that man's evil, you know, God, do something, you know, put him in the ground. Ba basically saying, this man is evil, their master, so please kill him. And so I believe it was the next day or the day after that or something like that, um, the mas their master died. And in between one day to one year after, her, the master died. Can't remember exactly. But, which meant, you know, they didn't have a master anymore. Um, which then I believe it went to his son which was Gideon, I believe. So whenever in the movie, whenever um, Araminta saw that, they called her Minty for short. So whenever Minty saw that um, Gideon was going to put her up for sale, um, I believe he, uh, he was planning to sell her towards the south where they never come back from. And she knew that. And so she knew that she had to run. And so, uh, her husband was willing to come with her. Her husband actually, like, really wanted to come with her. But she was like, nope, I gotta do this on my own because I don't want you to get caught and become a slaved man. You know, because I don't think I could live with that. Kind of a bad choice. You'll figure out later why. So, she, she wanted to say bye to her mother who was working in the field. But obviously, she was on the run. People were looking for her. So, she couldn't go out to the field and, you know, hug her mom, say bye and all that stuff. Because I believe the fields were being watched, you know, but it was usual. Not everyone knew she was actually missing at that time. Her mother had no idea. And she was over by a tree, you know, where she wasn't seen. And I don't know what the song is called, but she sang a song that had lyrics of, I'm gonna leave you, sorry, I'm gonna leave you, farewell, farewell. I don't know if you know that song, but yeah, and then everyone, 
started singing that song because um people well I think it might have been Gideon but you know he heard her singing and he was like oh my gosh that's Minty I'm gonna go get her and obviously everyone was like oh my gosh she's leaving which is which means if someone hears her singing they're gonna come so basically they all sang the song then as a way to say goodbye and also as a way to help her escape so there was a bridge that eventually Gideon um chased well, she was running on the... Br- I think she was chased on the bridge, but she might have been heading that direction anyways. I don't know. But anyways, there are people behind her, people in front of her, a.k.a. Gideon, and some, you know, other men that were... I don't know if they were going to kill her or not. But, um... And underneath was water, and Gideon... Or not Gideon. Minty was looking over the bridge, and you know, obviously Gideon, Gideon didn't want her to do that because that would have meant that she would have died. Also, Minty was Gideon's favorite slave. Um, and so, you know, he was like, oh, whoa, whoa, calm down, don't do that. He was like, you know, you could just come back with us, and I promise not to sell you. Um, her, Gideon's father sold, um... I kind of find it, I kind of found it confusing at first, I still kind of do a little bit now, but, um, sold her and her brothers and sisters into slavery when they were really young, so she was either born in slavery, or she was sold into slavery at, like, a really young age, and, um, apparently her mother was supposed to be set free when she was 45, and she was currently, like, 57 or something like that, and was still in slavery, and, their master vowed never to um, sell her mother, and so Gideon was saying how he would ne- how he would vow to her never to sell her. And she looked over the bridge, she looked at Gideon, and she said, "Be," f-, she said, "I'd rather be free or die." And she jumped off the bridge. And now, reason why this was a bad idea, because whenever she came back, I'll explain the events in between. But whenever she came back to save her husband. It was a year later. She came back to save her husband, who had actually remarried because he thought she died when she jumped off the bridge. So he remarried, and his new wife was also carrying their child. So that was very heartbreaking for her. So that is why I wrote down a very special note that says, Take your husband with you, or you'll think you're dead and get another wife and have kids. Let him die for you if he wants. Because um, in the barn, when they go to talk, whenever she returns, he said, I would have died for you if you would have let me. So that's a very key moment. Let your husband die for you if they want to, okay? Otherwise, they're going to get remarried and have another wife and children and stuff. So now let's go back again. So after she escapes and make it in, makes it, she, before she actually even runs away, she goes to her father, who tells her to go to the Revenant Church, or go to Revenant's remnant greens church which was like the pretty much like the pasture there whatever and he told her to go there so he could pray for his journeys and he pretty much told her like a survival guide if you will and i wrote down all the things he said and he said fear is your enemy trust in god follow the north star if you can't see the stars follow the river if you can't see the river listen for it and when the river spritz Whenever the river splits, cross the bridge over the Russian Creek and head straight north. After a few days' time, Delaware River will be on your right. Follow that to Wilmington. They're gonna, and then is to look for a blacksmith. 
I couldn't understand what came after that name, Thomas Gert or something like that. And, you know, so, yeah. She did all of those things as told. She even hitched a ride from a guy who was nice who later, or I don't know if he was currently, but I don't know, I don't know if he was currently or later became, um, he worked for the Underground Railroad. I don't know if it was currently during the time whenever she hitched the ride or if it was later on or something like that. Um, but anyways, and she finally made it to the border of Pennsylvania, which is where she needed to go, obviously for Philadelphia. And so she got the option to either walk the rest of the way or get a ride. And obviously said she she would, she would rather walk to freedom. And so she did. She crossed the border. She went down and she was looking for a man by the name I cannot remember. And that was the person who set her, that was the person pretty much set her up to be free. And one of the questions he asked was, would you like to choose a new name as a new freed name? And so this was before she went back to save her husband and realized everything. So she went with Harriet Tubman. Her mother's name was Harriet Ross, and her husband's name was something Tubman. So she went with Harriet Tubman, the first name of her mother and last name of her husband. And so, yeah, she later became known as Harriet Tubman. Now we're back where it was about a year later after she had been free. And she, you could say she was lonely, I guess, but she, um wanted to save the rest of her friends and family she said something around like if i'm free so should my family be or stuff like that so she asked that man i told you about earlier that you know set her up the new name and everything she asked him and obviously it was a year later you know they got closer um they were like i think believe they were like best friends at this time or something like that um and he didn't want her to go back because he believed that it was just luck that she made it 100 miles to freedom all by herself. And so then she went on, then she did said this one speech. She was like, don't tell me what I can't do, you know, because of all the stuff she did all on her own, you know, and stuff like that. So she did. She left. And she left. I don't know how long it took, but she did come back with some more people. She did want to take some other people but either they didn't want to come or she just couldn't take them because she went back for her husband only so she brought clothes for her and her husband and that's when she found out that her husband got remarried and his wife his new wife was holding his child and so she said and so she said when god spoke to her she thought it was to come back and save her husband but she says it says that it was um Cameron Wood is called, but something, it wasn't to actually save her husband, it was actually to save everybody else. Um, and so she brought some other people with her. Um, I believe it was like four or five other people. Obviously, she did not prepare for that. And during that time, there's also a traitor. As you can say, um, it was a black man who was... I don't know, looking for some money or something, you could say. And there's also this other kid named Walter who helped Gideon look for um, look for them. Um, they did end up making it through um, and with no deaths at all. 
and they came to a river where they were supposed to cross because they wanted to go over the bridge, but that's when she fell into one of her trances, things, whatever I guess you could say, where God spoke to her, and that's when she realized she couldn't go over the bridge because she could kind of like see things before they happened, and so she knew she couldn't go over the bridge, and so they had to go to the water. Nobody wanted to go through the water. Nobody believed that they would make it over the water. They didn't want her to go over the water either because she was their leader. You know, what would happen if their leader was gone? You know, so she had her gun in her hand. She held it. First, she kind of like pointed it at, I believe it was a brother, and said, you're going to be free or die or something like that. Um, You know, that's was like. I left my family and all that stuff and blah, blah, blah. And if you want to shoot me and go for it and all that stuff. Um, obviously, she didn't want to do that. I don't think she ever planned to do that. And so she held the gun up. She, well, she held both of her hands up, you know, like someone's pointing a gun at you and you're like, freeze, you know, that thing. And she walked through the river and, and got to the little point. Most of them couldn't swim and they had a baby with them and an old lady. And um, got to the point where like the water was like up to her neck and um she stopped she said some prayers and she kept going and she made it it didn't get any deeper than her neck it actually started to she actually started to walk up rather than down and so once everyone saw that they all ran in the water and they all made it to the other side and so when she made it back you know everyone was kind of surprised um and i think it was either during that first rescue mission or another rescue mission when that first man, you know, the friends, um, whenever they, whenever he decided to make her conductor for the Underground Railroad, because he realized what she was trying to do and how she was trying to help help enslaved people and all that stuff, and so she became a conductor for the Underground Railroad, and on the board, it had the name, how many people you've saved, and how many deaths you had, you know, trying to save those people. And when her first, when her name first went up, it was nine zero nine sa- nine freed slaves, and zero deaths along the way. And so she does this about nineteen more times. You don't see all nineteen more times. You do see quite a few times, like a camera when it's called. But you see her return with more people, more people, and that guy keeps like jumping out of his chair, like in shock, like oh my gosh, you know. Um, See, in real life, she makes about 19 trips or something like that, and she saves about 300, she saves about 300 enslaved people, anywhere between 300 to 800, because some things were confusing, so anywhere, anywhere around 300 to 800 people, and also, um, I read that she had a disorder called narcolepsy, which makes her sleep during the day, which is not controllable. So she probably got it from an accident when she was either 13, anywhere between, thir- anywhere between 12 to 15. And she was hit on the head with a two pound of weight that she said broke her skull. Um, that's what the actual Harriet said, that it broke her skull. So two pounds don't seem that much, but it seems like it did some damage. And the reason she was hit by the um, two pound weight was because there was a slave trying to run off and um i believe the overseer threw the weight at the you know slave trying to run off but hit her instead either that or she um tried to protect this slave that was running off and it got beat for it and 
don't know, something, she got an accident where something hit her in the head, I believe it was a two-pound weight, it was either because it was an accident or because, or what I believe and what a lot of people believe was because she was actually trying to save the um, person who was trying to run off. So, in her lifetime, so, so in her lifetime, which she died in 1913, the real Harriet died in 1913, which would make her about 202 years old today, she freed or enslaved more than about three to 800 slaves and no deaths. So she was the best conductor for the Underground Railroad and she made about 19 trips. She also was a spy for the Union Army during the Civil War. She also led an expedition with about 150 black men during some, I don't even know, some Cambay River Raid, I don't know what it's called, saying about some 750 people, enslaved people. So the best way to experience this for yourself would be to watch it. You may not seem interested in it, but trust me, you won't regret it. You'll love it. If I could go back to meet anyone, it would probably most definitely be her, Harry Tubman. So her last words were, I go to prepare a place for you. I mean, I, I mean, imagine what I would, imagine what it would be like without her if she never existed. So lots of things would definitely change. All of those people she saved would like no longer be there. And so the song Stand Up, like I was talking about, will make 5,000% more, it, it's going to make a lot more sense after you watch the movie. So it's kind of crazy actually. So when I, so when I um, finished the movie and listened to the song, it made so much sense, like lots of meanings and all that stuff. So yeah, it's probably one of the most meaningful songs and movies I've ever heard and seen. It's about a two hour, two hour movie. So for those who don't like two hour movies, you'll love it anyways. This may not be your style or scene, but I would definitely give it a shot. It won't hurt anyone. You'll see how amazing and great she was. She's why we wouldn't have rights. Kinda. Save so many people. She's not really why women have rights, but, you know, it, yeah, I think it's really good. I would definitely 100% watch it, and obviously I made some notes on my people, or on my paper, like how, um, like the song she was singing, can't remember what it was called, but she remains one of the very few women in the U.S. history to lead an armed expedition, and while she was a conductor for the Underground Railroad, she led 70 slaves to freedom. So yeah, I would definitely recommend watching this movie. There like are so many parts. There are a few parts that made me cry, like she when she was when she was reunited after her husband after when they first got reunited after the year. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, it's they're finally reunited and all that stuff. And her sister ended up dying. That was pretty sad because it was right after a person named Marie died, who what like helped her so much. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like a roller coaster ride, but with emotions. There are also definitely some good parts that happen, like every time Harriet came back with more people, and when God spoke to her and she knew the way. So, yeah. So this was a bit of a long episode, but I hope you enjoyed it, and I would 1000% recommend checking this show out. One more thing, one of the phrases she said in the movie, which she also said in real life, was God didn't mean people to own people. And that is one of the most meaningful things she's said. Anyways, now thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.